Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Dodgers won a game in what Dontrell Willis and Jerry Harrison referred to as a playoff-like atmosphere, pounded the Rockies. Uh, they got a little help from the umpire after getting a little whatever the opposite of help is from that same umpire. I have some thoughts on that. We'll talk about the dugout atmosphere, J.D. Martinez breaking through, and uh, Max Muncy's struggles so far this season. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans. This is Locked On Dodgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching and listening right now, and then you will never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are, and we've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Vince, uh, this game looked like a pitcher's duel at the beginning. Uh, it was the Dodgers were up 2 to nothing going into the fifth inning. Thought it was gonna, maybe going to be an uncharacteristic pitcher's duel, uh, mostly aided by the wind that was blowing straight in and uh, doing some weird stuff. Chris Taylor had powered a two-run homer through the wind, and uh, we thought we might not get much more scoring than that. Uh, and then after that, let's see, 15 more runs scored from the fifth inning to the end of the game. And uh, 11 of those, the umpire helped with, uh, which I'll talk about in just a minute. But uh, little updates on a couple things. Miguel Vargas took a pitch off the right thumb. He stayed in the game. And uh, after the game, Dave Roberts said, that Vargas insisted on staying in the game and had full range of motion and full strength. And so they're not planning on getting any x-rays. Uh, the range of motion and strength pretty much guarantees there's no fracture. Uh, obviously, there still could be a lot of soreness. And so we'll see how he wakes up on Tuesday morning and, and if he's able to play Tuesday with the day off on Wednesday, Vince. I wouldn't be surprised if they... Uh, I know Vargas just had a day off the other day, but if they play it safe and uh, give Vargas a day off, which would be two days to rest that thumb. Yeah. Uh, and realistically, there's no reason for him, for them not to do that other than, you know, Vargas might want to play, uh, but, you know, they can get by with setting them for a day just in case, letting them take those two days and get back to it and ice it up. Uh, one real quick note on the actual game. It's for sure top three uh, recency bias. I don't know. It might be top one. Coldest game I ever been to at Dodger Stadium. Um, and it wasn't like the temperature wasn't that cold. Oh, not for me. But the wind just really added to it. And you couldn't really escape it unless you were in like the bars under the pavilions or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, it was an interesting, interesting game. Um, and they give, they're giving away a hooded sweatshirt tonight. Probably would have been better suited to give it away last night. Yeah, although I, I have have you checked the weather? Is it going to be warmer tonight? Uh, no, but I don't think it's supposed to be that windy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Joe Davis and Oral Hershiser talked about how cold it was, and uh, Joe was born and raised in Michigan. Oral was born in Michigan and later moved to Buffalo, New York. So uh, 
if they think it's cold, it must have been pretty cold. I uh, It's colder here where I am, but I was inside my house sitting on my couch watching the game, and so it was warmer for me than it was for you. Uh, yeah, kind of crazy. And Dave Roberts said after the game he wasn't expecting that much offense because of the win, definitely wasn't expecting the home runs. And uh, Dodgers hit three homers, uh, one by Chris Taylor, one by Jason Hayward. He got his first hit as a Dodger, an infield single, and then later his first home run as a Dodger. Uh, another reason why it might make sense to sit Vargas is because you you move Mookie to second base, and that way you can get both Peralta and Hayward in the lineup, an outfield of Peralta, Outman, and Hayward uh, against, uh, what's his name, Herman Marquez? I think yeah. that's who's pitching. And so, uh, yeah, you know, a couple of reasons why maybe they, they let Vargas sit for a game, uh, and then Will Smith had a two-run homer late in the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a really good game. That fifth inning, though, I, I've got to talk about this, and – I, I wasn't going to rant about the umpire uh, because originally he cost the Dodgers four runs, and we, we don't know what he actually cost him. What we do know is the Dodgers had to strike him out, throw him out, double play. Should have been two outs with nobody on base. The umpire instead called the pitch ball four, and so instead it was first and second nobody out. Rockies went on to score four runs that inning. We don't know for sure that Mark Carlson is the reason they scored uh, all four runs, but uh, they definitely wouldn't have scored four if he was better at his job, because two of the guys who scored would have been sitting on the bench in the dugout. So at most they would have scored two and chances are zero because uh, you play things differently when you have nobody on and two outs, then first and second, nobody out. Uh, it was really frustrating and I wasn't going to bring it up because it feels like sour grapes. So I was very glad the next inning when he handed the Dodgers seven runs. So this doesn't feel like sour grapes because the Dodgers benefited more than the Rockies did. And so I just want to say, I can't wait for robot umpires because, you know, in the Dodgers half of the fifth, the first two guys get out. Uh, Chris Taylor and Mookie Betts both get out. Freddie Freeman hits a two-out double, which is what Elias Diaz's double should have been, a two-out nobody on double uh, in the top of the inning. Uh, and then Will Smith, on a full count, should have struck out looking, and the umpire called the ball four. And then Muncie walked, and uh, eventually, I think after that, they got like five straight hits. Uh, including a homer and a triple and a, maybe another double in there. Just just the, the offense exploded after the inning should have been over. A and yeah, maybe you, you say it evens out, blah, 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 blah. But like, I can't wait until we have a version of baseball that is between the baseball players. Like, I want the pitcher against the hitter, not the pitcher against the hitter and the umpire. And it doesn't seem... Like that should be controversial. Like we have the technology to get strike calls right. We should use it. And, and Rob Manfred last week said that the the version of the automated strike zone that really appeals to him is the challenge system where teams can challenge calls. It's like, leave it to Rob Manfred to choose the stupidest implementation of the technology that we have. We don't need our balls and strikes to be gamified, Fred Robman. Like, if it's a ball, call it a ball. And if it's a strike, call it a strike. I don't need you to hey, – let's let that that guy who's blocked by a 220-pound guy who has the worst view in the stadium, let's let him make the call, and we'll lead it up to the hitter to challenge if you thought that the umpire missed the call. What a stupid way to do it. Baseball is good enough. We don't need our balls and strikes to add intrigue to the game. Baseball is already really good as a sport. I don't need more intrigue and strategy of blah, 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 blah with regards to balls and strikes, Vince, how do you feel about this? Obviously yeah, not mean, as strongly as I do. Yeah, not as strongly. I mean, I am strongly in favor of the robot umps. And I think 
I think when you see, when you hear robot ums, I think people don't understand what we're really just mentioning or what we're really just thinking of uh, and referring to is automated ball and strikes. You yeah. know, and and it's not like well, there's not going to be a physical robot out there. There's not going to be we're not removing the umpires from the field. The umpires still going to be back there because there's still other calls in place to be, you know, to be uh to be made, but it's just automated automated balls strikes and you know the human element part of it and i and i get into i've gotten into arguments about this with like uncles and stuff about you know oh, it's it's like okay the human element was cool back in you know 1900 when there was no technology to do it but for now especially guys you know guys are coming in throwing 100 pretty much every inning after the fifth sixth inning when you got relievers um, you know, we're it's not like base, it's not like umpires. There's not a set of umpires that have evolved through time that have better vision, better whatever, better whatever. No, it's the same people that have been calling this since back then, but now it's different. And you know, why not just take that part out of the game? You don't need a human element, just get the call right. And there's still the human element of them making calls in the other part of the game, and you can't challenge every single play, uh, you know, realistically. So there's still going to be that human element, but it doesn't need to be balls and strikes because not only does it affect the game, you know, and obviously it can affect it in positive or negative fashions for your favorite team, but there's just no reason to have it. Yeah. I get my human element from the, the baseball players. Mookie Betts and Jason Hayward and Will Smith and Freddie Freeman gave me a lot of human element tonight. I don't need it from freaking Mark Carlson. I don't care if that dude's a human. I, give me a robot instead of Mark Carlson, an actual physical robot that looks like Rosie from the Jetsons. That's who I want calling balls and strikes instead of Mark freaking Carlson. Yeah. All right, that. we're going to come back in a minute, and we're going to talk about things that don't make me as angry, the things that make me happy, like uh, J.D. Martinez turning the corner and the Dodgers dugout acting like it was a playoff game. So thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Do you ever buy tickets to sporting events? I do. And uh, as you know, we're talking to Dodger fans, I suspect you guys sometimes might want to go to Dodger games. Maybe you want to go to a bobblehead night and you want to wait until the ticket prices go down because, you know, people, secondary market can go crazy on a Julio bobblehead night, for example, like we had on Monday night. Well, get the game time app and then you can get last minute deals on tickets when people on the secondary market, see, oh crap, my tickets didn't sell and they dropped their prices. Guess what? That's when you're going to get your deal and game time can get you that deal. Uh, they, they got flash deals, last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. It's not just baseball games, anything, images of the seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation, job loss protection, et cetera, et cetera. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And like I said, the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we are back. I want to thank you all for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. It really does mean a lot to me and Vince. We love talking Dodgers with you guys, and we love that you are here with us. If you're watching on YouTube right now, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the YouTube comments section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. We'll give you all that contact info at the end like we always do. 
But uh, Vince, after the game, while you were driving home, I was watching the post-game show, and uh, Jerry Harrison and, and Don Trill Willis talked about the atmosphere in the dugout and uh, during this game, and they said it was almost like a playoff atmosphere. And you could see, uh, you know, after uh, at one point, Mookie Betts, I don't even remember which play it was. It might have been after Hayward's home run. Mookie Betts in the dugout was going crazy, like acting like a little kid who, like, I mean – my son, he plays 12U. And when somebody hits a home run in 12U, the whole team goes crazy. They run out to the plate, you know, they, they, they're all just so excited for that kid. That's how Mookie Betts was acting. And the whole team was acting in the dugout with these runs. And, uh, you know, James Outman after the game said that, uh, that JD Martinez got him fired up, that JD's big hit, uh, led to Outman's triple. And, and basically the, you know, you could see how excited they were for Hayward after his home run, those two guys, and, and maybe it's because they are new and they, you know, Hayward has had so many struggles, so many well-documented struggles the last several years. JD has struggled all spring and and hadn't really got it going yet, even though he had one home run earlier this season. It hasn't really gotten it going yet. Dave Roberts said after the game he feels like JD might have turned a corner. I don't know, just everything seemed to kind of come together. And I wonder if the cold weather played into it too. Like it's like, well, it feels like October. Uh, you know, let, let's act like it's October. But uh you know, it was it was a really cool atmosphere, and uh, and they noticed it, and I noticed it. Did you notice it from from the stadium? Yeah, funnily, and I don't know that word. Funnily, funnily enough, it is now. Yeah, uh, it's funny that they mentioned like playoff atmosphere when the big knock on the Dodgers last year was that they didn't bring the energy in the playoffs, uh, and obviously this can kind of lean into what we've talked about is. Well, if the Dodgers were scoring more runs, their dugout would have been more excited and more into the game. Um, you know, I still think there is an element where the Dodgers were maybe a little bit too, you know, whatever. That's past past. But yeah, this game was fun and, and it's one of those where, you know, they you expect Mookie Betts, you expect Freddie Freeman to do this stuff. And to a certain extent, you you probably expect JD Martinez to do things, but everything we've heard about him from anyone, um Mookie's he, you know, I already called him his best friend, and he was very excited to get him here. You know, Miguel Vargas has worked with them and, and been at his side a lot uh, early on in this season and throughout the spring. And, you know, everything we hear about J.D. Martinez is, has been positive, not just here with the Dodgers, but in the past. So, you know, there's excitement there. Jason Hayward's one of those guys where, you know, has a chip on his shoulder. He personally has a chip on his shoulder, and the guys know that, and, and you know, your teammates know that, and, you know, he he started off spring kind of hot with those two home runs and then kind of cooled off. And, you know, you're not exactly entirely sure. Uh, then we found out that Hayward gave every player in the dugout or in the clubhouse uh, a bottle of wine. So, you know, he's one of those guys who's, you know, people are going to like you when you do that, that type of stuff. So that gets it going. Alman and Vargas, like we talked about on yesterday's show, just bring a little bit of that element of surprise to a certain extent. Like, you know, Outman hitting two doubles in one game. That's not something you normally see at Dodger Stadium. Triples. Oh, triple. That's what I meant. Two triples in yeah. one game. That's not something you normally see at Dodger Stadium. That's fun. Just missed the home run. Uh, Vargas reached base three out of four times, and his his on-base percentage went down. So, like, you know, there, there's a lot of things that this team has, and that's – I think that's where they're going to live this year is obviously, you know, it's easy to get excited when things are going your way, but there's a mix of veterans with chips on their shoulder – there's a there's a mix of the guys that have been on the Dodgers that have their own chips on the shoulder because of what happened last year and because of what happened uh, other years in the past. And then you got these young guys who are trying to prove themselves. And it's a good mix. 
And that's just what we saw last night and, and you know, what we should be expecting to see the rest of the year. Yeah. And uh, Dontrell said he didn't use the phrase turning point, but uh, I can't remember exact his exact wording, but he, he talked about how we're going to look back at this game as a notable game in this season, that something changed, you know, and, and, you know, whatever that is, and maybe the fifth game of the season is too early to, to have a turning point, but uh, you know, it's, you can't maintain quite that energy for 162 games probably, but I do think celebrating each other's success, celebrating the, the success of the other guy, I think makes it easier to maintain that, you know, it doesn't have to be manufactured. And sometimes, you know, the, the Padres of 2020, like some of it just felt like it was okay. We got to be fired up. Let's be fired up. And uh, you know, when a guy you love hits his first home run for his new team, it's easy to be fired up, you know, and, and we'll see what happens in, you know, on June 17th when, you know, it, there's nothing, nobody's getting their first home run, hopefully, uh, you know, no, nobody's, it's a different game. And, and right now maybe it is easier to be that fired up. Uh, and, and I don't even necessarily need them to maintain that, but I do feel like, you know, uh, I like the, the freight train celebration that, that David Peralta brought with them. You know, his nickname is the freight train. And, uh, it's a, I, I think that I get the whistles. I, I went to BYU and I don't know if you, you probably don't remember cause you were, um, like six years old or something. BYU had a linebacker named Rob Morris when I was at BYU, Rob Freight Train Morris. And they actually made these wooden freight train whistles and handed them out at BYU games. And so you could blow the whistle whenever Rob Morris made a tackle. I would love to see the Dodgers do freight train whistles, wooden freight train whistles as a giveaway uh, because you know, it, it, it would probably be just as annoying as the, the thunder sticks that the angels do, but it, it, that's okay. It's okay to be annoying when it's my thing, you know? Uh, but I, I don't like Peralta has brought an energy. Hayward's brought an energy. JD's brought an energy. And, and there's always, there were risks of having so much roster turnover, but I do think maybe it, it's, it's a good thing to have a lot of different personalities because it is new. You know, James Outman is brand new. And so it's easy to be exciting, excited for him. And I think it'll still be easy to be excited for Outman in June when he's, you know, chasing rookie of the year and, and excited for Hayward in August, you know, when he's uh, playing a big role, even though it's not a starting role, like he's used to, you know, I, I think they can, they can figure out ways to maintain something like this energy uh, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to watch. It kind of reminded me of the bubble machine days a little bit. Yeah. And like I said, it's one of those where every guy individually has, you know, something they're playing for more than just, you know, beyond paycheck or anything else. And combine that with a team that has something to play for, knowing that, you know, last year was a big disappointment and there's been other disappointments here in the last few years. And obviously not everyone's been around for that, but just in general, like Dodgers are kind of not synonymous, but to a certain extent synonymous with, you know, being good in the regular season, not getting it done in the postseason to, you know, depending how you feel, but that's a general sentiment around, you know, maybe some casual fans. So yeah, everyone has something to play for. And I think when that's there and there is, you know, like I said, new personalities, Alman and Vargas are the young guys, you know, Hayward, Peralta, Martinez are the guys you know, Peralta wants to be in the playoffs just in general, uh, World Series 2. You know, Hayward and, and Martinez have won one, but they're also, you know, 
considered to be on the back end of their career and they want to prove that wrong and you know that combines into some fun and yeah like i real quick last point i really do like the 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 freight train uh you know it reminds me of driving by truck drivers and going like that to get them to honk the horn but i like it as a freight train as well so yeah it's fun and uh you know when they're putting up every game i've been to they scored at least a run so it's been fun every time i've been there yeah, and like I said yesterday, the lesson here is Vince needs to go go to more games. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm about to pop this up. This is what I'm talking about, a wooden freight train whistle. This is a picture taken from Amazon. This one is $10.49. Amazon, you can get a free prime delivery. And so uh, it's, uh, yeah, you just blow in that thing, makes a freight train sound. So Dodgers should do a giveaway if a member of the Dodgers promo team is uh, is watching this. Uh, there's my idea. You don't even got to give me credit for it. No, give me credit for it. That would be cool, too. Uh, in fact, on one of the sides, I wanted to say this was Jeff's idea. So uh, that's all I ask. Um, we're going to come back in a minute and talk about a little bit of a negative thing. Max Muncy has struggled so far this season. And uh, we're going to talk about you know his offensive and defensive struggles. So please continue to keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game I've played in a long time. You know, I think I'd be a really good major league general manager. And uh, so far, every major league owner disagrees, but everybody playing against me in pro baseball GM definitely gets where I'm coming from because I am kicking their trash. And uh, all you got to do, you you download this game and you can, the game's called pro baseball GM, and you can do everything about being a G, uh, general manager. You're hiring coaches and staff, you're scouting and drafting players, you're managing egos and, you know, injuries and everything basically run an entire baseball team, an entire franchise, and it's all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free, and you can play offline on the go as you want and when you want to. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're playing in a, in a group against other Locked On hosts, and, uh, you know, you, you know I was a better podcast host than them. Well, guess what? I'm better at GMing than them, too. And Locked On Dodgers listeners get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com or scan the code that's on your screen right now if you're watching on YouTube or just look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, we are back. I want to thank you one more time for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Uh, this last topic we're going to talk about, a little bit of a bummer after a 13-4 win. I still feel bad that we didn't mention even mention Trace Thompson's name yesterday. Trace had a big three home run game over the weekend, and uh, you know it's uh, that's the downside of doing that on the weekend when we don't the the two days we don't do shows, uh, and there was so much to talk about from the weekend we didn't really get to Trace, and uh, ultimately you know, very happy for him to have that game. Like I said when I did my episode about uh, worrying about Trace Thompson. I hope he proves me wrong. I am nothing but rooting for Trace Thompson. And so that was great to see. And I hope that he can uh, continue to do that. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see a month into the season. We'll look at where he's at and how things, if that home, a three home run game was the start of something big or an anomaly. But uh, as somebody whose game we hope is an anomaly is Max Muncy. Obviously Muncy went over five with five strikeouts on opening day. And he hasn't done a ton better. He he did hit a couple balls hard. Like he's had, I think, three hard hit outs. Uh, but he hadn't taken a walk until this game on Monday. He walked twice in this game. Uh, defensively, he's been a little bit, you know, he had the error that the ball ended up 
hitting him in the testicular region that caused him to miss a game. Uh, and uh, he had the, this RBI double by Elias Diaz on Monday night that hit him in the glove. And, you know, you, you'd like to see him at least lay out for it and keep the ball in the infield. Uh, you know, so there's been some offensive struggles. There's been some defensive struggles. And Vince, are you worried about Max Muncy? Not yet. Um, you know, we've seen him struggle before. Even last year, you know, the struggles offensively at least. He Once he figured it out, he was solid. You know, his overall numbers last year got up to respectable in the OPS of 713. Not great. You know, 21 homers, whatever. But defensively, I don't know if I'm worried, but it's just one of those where, you know, Max Muncy is a guy that we've seen is a little bit more emotional than some other guys in sense of, you know, I don't want to say he's letting his offense go to his defense or vice versa, but he is a guy that, you know, is emotional, not in a bad way, just in the sense of like, he wants to be good. And when he's not playing well, or when he's not, you know, doing well, you know, you can see that he's frustrated and, you know, that makes sense. So I'm not worried. It's super early. Um, I guess the positive way you could look at it is that he struck out five times on opening day and he's only struck out four times total since then. So, you know, if you want to you know, look at some positives um, and like I said, the two walks last night, I think that's, that was the most concerning before last night is that he hadn't walked. And when Max Muncy's going right, even if he's not hitting, he's still on base percentage, 350 plus just based on walks. We haven't had that with him so far this year. So it was good seeing that. Uh, so yeah, I'm not concerned, but it, it is one now where I'm like thinking like, okay, Miguel Vargas is looking fine at second base, but can he play third base just in case, in case down the line, something does happen and they, you know, maybe even want to swap them or something like that. Who knows? But that that's way, way down the line. I don't expect that to happen, uh, but it just gets some wheels turning sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and you know, your optimistic way of looking at it, honestly is, is my natural way of looking at it. Uh, because you know, over five or five strikeouts, yeah, that game sucks, but you just put that behind you and uh, it happened. And what happens next? And yeah, his strikeout rate has been more reasonable. And and for me, one of the big differences is in that first game, he, he chased a lot of bad pitches. And you know, his strikeout in Monday's game in the in the first inning, uh, first inning, second inning, one of those innings, he struck out looking on a full count pitch. It was it was more of a classic Max Muncy strikeout of you know having too good of an eye and you know in this case yeah the pitch was on the corner we've seen in the past max muncie does get a lot of strikes off the inside part of the plate called against him and that's what he thought happened in this one it, it wasn't it was a good pitch um but it, it was a little bit more good muncie even though he struck out and then he did take a couple walks uh seems like the eye is coming back and he has hit the ball hard last year when he was struggling he wasn't even hitting the ball very hard when he was hitting it and so you know, th there have definitely been signs for me that that he's going to be okay. I did notice. I don't know if you you saw this, but uh, the Dodgers have Michael Bush playing some third base in AAA now. Uh, they're going to start having him play third, which you know he, he's going to need to add that to his toolbox just if he's going to be uh, a utility player. But you know, it could also be uh, you know for for the future a, a Muncie-less future, whether that comes this season or or later. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I like Vargas at second base. I, I'm not really interested in him moving to third base, uh, and I don't think they probably are either. I think they want him to be comfortable at second and and hit the ball. Uh, but yeah, you know, the the defense from Muncie 
it's he's not going to win a gold glove there at third. Although we said the same thing at first and he actually did turn into the best defensive first baseman in baseball. Uh, but you know, chances are Muncie, I think he's going to be a solid defensive third baseman, but there will be plays like we saw on Monday where, yeah, you probably ought to knock that down at least. And, uh, and, and he just doesn't, uh, but you know, overall, my level of concern is pretty darn low with Muncie. E- even, even with Chris Taylor's homer on Monday night, I think my level of concern with Taylor is much higher. Um, just because like, like I've said before, when Taylor's struggling, you wonder how he's ever hit the ball uh, watching him swing the bat. And, uh, you know, he, he did put a really good swing on that home run and, and it reminded you, I mean, it had that came, same kind of trajectory as his, uh, wildcard game home run, just kind of a line drive that when he hit it, you're like, okay, hope that is high enough to get out. And, uh, but yeah, you know, Muncie, I, I just feel like he's going to be fine. I feel like he's going to break out sometime in the next week. He's going to have a two home run game and, and it'll just be, you know, three months from now, we'll, we'll be looking and say, wait, did we really do an episode about Max Muncie struggling? Because, uh, he's looking like he's probably going to make the all-star team. That's kind of my feeling about what's going to happen with Muncie this year. Yeah. Uh, one note on the Michael Bush thing, what I did like is that they said when he does play, he's going to work between first, third and second. But when he does play a position, he's going to play it for two, three games in a row, which is cool. You know, get him. Obviously, when he comes to the majors, if he can play multiple positions, he might not play the same position. But if he can get, you know, if he's not 100% comfortable at third and he's still probably not 100% comfortable at second. Um, and then, you know, first base is, is more where he's been comfortable, where he's played since college. But it's a cool little, you know, twist that the Dodgers added that I don't remember seeing in the past with some of these guys that move around. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they can, you know, because uh, Bush can hit, I'd love to, for them to find a place for him in the big leagues. And chances are there's going to be an injury at some point this season that does make them need Michael Bush and the more positions he can play, the better. Uh, he's also played some left field, obviously. And so, you know, they, w- whatever, I mean, they have six outfielders right now. So chances are higher that they'll need somebody in the infield than the outfield, but anything can happen. So uh, uh, other little updates, uh, Tony Gonson update, right? Yeah, Tony Gonsolin threw a bullpen session with an up and down, said he was fine. He's going to throw a live batting practice this week, and then after that he should progress to rehab stance. Uh, But he's not going to go in the minors. He's going to go pitch at Camelback Ranch against whoever's still there from the organization. Uh, Robert said probably like two or three there. Gonsolin said he'd need about four to be fully stretched out, but that doesn't mean – for to be ready to come back. That's just, you know, for him, how he feels to be fully stretched out. So, yeah, Grove will get at least two more starts, I would imagine, probably three before we see Gonsolin come back. But, you know, Gonsolin said everything feels good um, and that he's going to stay taped up at that ankle the rest of the year probably. Yeah, so hopefully he'll be back soon, although Grove pitched really well, especially for a guy. He was sick. We found out afterwards uh, he almost couldn't even make the start because he's been sick all week. Uh, but he took the ball, and uh, Dave Roberts said he thinks that's why he faded a little bit in the fifth inning. Uh, and even with that, uh, the Rockies needed Mark Carlson's help. Uh, we don't need to rehash that again. Um, but you know, so they they got four and what four and two thirds uh, from from Grove, and so if even that, I don't remember if the double play was no, it might have just been four plus. Yeah. Uh, and, and so even if, if Gonson's only stretched out to five, that's probably about what they're expecting from that spot in the rotation right now anyway. So, uh, 
yeah, hopefully he'll be back soon. Uh, I think that's all the updates we had, right? Yes. All right. You got anything else before we wrap this thing up? No, I'm hoping my streak continues tonight. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, and uh, yeah, go get yourself a, a hoodie tonight. Uh, check out the Game Time app if you if you need to get last minute tickets to tonight's game. Check I would out say all Game Time has been the cheapest so far this season. I've bought off them twice already. Awesome. Yeah, check out all our sponsors, guys. Uh, good stuff, and it helps us out. Uh, when you use our promo code, they know that uh, people listening to our show, or at least our network are using it and that makes them like advertising with us. And uh, that's better for everybody. And by everybody, I mean me and Vince. So uh, thank you all for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every morning. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, you can, uh, if you're not watching or listening to Locked on Dodgers every weekday morning, we'd love if you add one or two days a month to your rotation. Obviously, please subscribe wherever you are. Uh, click the little bell or whatever it is on YouTube that notifies you when a new episode is out. Even if you don't usually watch us on YouTube, please go there and subscribe. That would be awesome. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.